Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This is another episode of Not, Not Too, Too Taboo. Taboo. Nice, baby. Thank you. You are my yin to my yang. <laughs> I, lunch date. My what date? You're my lunch date. I'm your lunch date? Yeah. I thought you said your so, munch date. That's literally what I thought in. you said. What? I legit thought you said the that. The show's been on for like <laughs> six seconds. You took it to the, I to know, the curb already. But I legit thought you said munch date. That's why no, I go, what? Lunch date because you look so delicious today. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, in my robe with my yes. hair. like hasn't yes. been washed in like 22 days. Yep. You look great. I love that you still like how I look no matter what I look like. I do because I'm that's when you know you have a good man, you guys. When you can wake up looking like a hot mess express and he's just like, babe, you're so hot. Yeah, but you're my hot mess and I can't wait to ride the express. Oh, oh. Lord. oh. <laughs> And that's why we're called Not Too Debut. <laughs> <laughs> okay, love. Uh, could you talk a little bit about our special guest today? I'm very excited about our amazing guest today because so many of you know who he is. Um, it's literally been 10 years since his standout performance on Project One Run- Project Runway. Clearly, I can't even say it. Um, and now he's one of the most notable celebrity fashion designers known for his sexy designs worn by people like Beyonce, Lady Gaga, Jennifer Lopez, Mariah Carey, Cardi B, and yes, I'm proud to say me among others. Yay! Wait, where's the clapping? I need the clapping. Oh, wait, uh, uh, yeah, where's the clapping? On, hold on, wait. <laughs> no, that's laughing. Oh, oh, that wasn't laughing. Oh, that was, that was <laughs> Epic fail. <laughs> Sorry about <laughs> no. that. that okay, we lost <laughs> it. Anyway, um, you guys, he's built a massive fashion empire, which includes a brand new swimwear collaboration with Revolve, which we all know and love. Um, it's for women of all shapes and sizes. Plus, he's one of the first designers to design, donate, and personally deliver masks to essential workers on the front lines. Please welcome our dear friend, Mr. Michael Costello. We have a very large studio audience. <laughs> what an incredible introduction. I'm kind of speechless. I don't even know what else to say. Like we, <laughs> Michael, we've known you for 10 years and you've never been speechless. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, okay. But this right there, what this man just said, this is why we love Michael. Because legit, no matter how big he gets, no matter what star he works with, he is truly one of the most humble, like good-hearted, yes. amazing people ever. And I have to tell you something. That's what we enjoy most about you, by the way. Yeah. That you, that you have, as our friend, mm-hmm. you have never, never changed. changed. And you always show up. And you're always there, even though you're typically on vacation doing something different. Uh, but you always show up. And so we just so love and appreciate you. Yeah. And you know, I got to say, um, you're just... Today, I almost didn't show up. This <laughs> I know. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. He actually had a very important appointment um, with a big time celebrity. And uh, and so we had to push this back a little because that ran a little bit late. But Why he still late, showed Michael? up. Why are you late to our, our podcast? Oh, stop it. <laughs> I feel like I feel so cool right now because I'm like, well, I was in a fitting with Oscar De La Hoya. <laughs> you know, had to get his suit ready because he's shooting the cover of a magazine. And, you know, he requested me to be there personally and come and fit the suit. <laughs> <laughs> Who wakes up in the morning and say, hey, I'm going to fit Oscar De La Hoya. But I guess By the I- way, he thought you were the tailor. <laughs> he was just like, he didn't know. He thought I was a tailor. As he's putting on the suit, he's like, yeah, I just wanted to make sure Mr. Costello's impressed with the suit. I want to make sure he looks good. I don't know. What am I supposed to say? I'll tell him. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, wait, wait. Before we go into all that, 
can we rewind it back a few seconds to where Slade said he enjoys riding the hot mess? Or what <laughs> of course, Michael no, wants she to said go there. She's the hot mess express. Yeah, get I it just straight. Said, I don't mind riding that train. <laughs> That's all I said. <laughs> Michael, it's the it's the not too taboo podcast, so you know that's going to happen. Okay, so Michael, I want to tell the audience a little bit about our history, right? So, do you remember Gretchen when we- and I used to date before she knew Slade? <laughs> and um, Gretchen is actually—I uh, have a seventeen-year-old son, and Gretchen's his mom. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Surprise! Breaking news! Here's the juicy scoop. Um, no, okay. So, do you remember how we actually met? Yes, we met at a benefit that. Um, I think Slade was having at Victor, the hairstylist. Um, oh, for Grayson. It was in the back. It was for your son. We've been very good friends for 10 years. And he um, he designed a bunch of my uh, reunion dresses. One, I think that you guys remember a lot, um, was the seafoam dress, uh, reunion dress that was like, it was so pretty. It was so unique. That it was, was so different. Beautiful, like one of the most beautiful dresses I've ever seen you wear on a reunion show. And also one of the ugliest cries I've ever seen happen. Yeah. It was, was ugly an ugly cry. cry. For sure. That was the uh, reunion show, guys. Whoever's listening. Gretchen uh, wore this gorgeous one-shoulder seafoam green, kind of minty um, mm-hmm. chiffon-type dress with jewels on the on the shoulder and on the waist and on the wrist. It was really, really beautiful. And she fell down 18 stairs. And that's why she was crying <laughs> because uh, Tamra tripped her. Yeah, exactly. And- <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I, what I remember about that dress in particular was it was so pretty, but we had this cuff on the one sleeve that had all the jewels on it. And because the dress was chiffon, every time that I would like start to yell and I'd get really upset, it would snag snag the dress. And I'd I'd have to like stop because I didn't want my dress to like basically come off, like have a Janet Jackson moment on stage. And so I was like, oh, and I'd be like so frustrated and be like, stop like yelling at, you know, Tamara across on the couch. And then I'd have to like restart my thought. But anyways, it was a really pretty dress. I have every dress. And an even better juicy reunion show. I know it was very juicy. Um, I have every dress that Michael's ever made me. I like actually, you know what I should do? I should start like a showcase of like all my Michael, Michael Costello, Costello dresses. I thought you were saying I should start an auction. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> actually, I wouldn't be mad about that if it went to a good no, cause. No, she would never part with them though. That's the thing. Well, I just love them so they're much. such special moments. They I mean, are special moments. Like I, I love the white baby shower one with the sleeve. Yes, yes. That one's so special. I like the what reveal. I love the gender reveal. That one was so cool. The last couple of years, we've had a lot of events going on, a lot of big moments, a lot of big milestones. So um, he did Slade's 50th birthday uh, dress, which was that gorgeous mustard dress. 50 with like shades of Slade. 50 shades of Slade with the cape. And then I had this um, matching mask that I created with it. And then he made a bow tie for Slade out of that same material to match. And it was just so beautiful. And then um, he did the gender reveal dress, which was the half pink, half blue. Okay, so let me explain something to you. The thing that I love the most about Michael is that, bless his heart, I come in and I'm like, okay, so I have this idea. And he's like, oh, Lordy. You know, he's always just like, you've got to be kidding me. And I always come up with these crazy like concepts and ideas. And I'm like, and I want this kind of fabric and I want this. And so bless his heart, every time that I tell him what I want, he literally creates the masterpiece that I'm like envisioning in my head. And so with the gender reveal, I was like, I want the dress to be half blue, half pink. And he's like, what? And I'm like, well, because we don't know what it is. So I can't like wear pink or wear blue. I need it to be both. 
And most people would think that that could be like really ugly and it could come out very ugly if you weren't like oh, Michael. Yeah. Clowny if you it could Michael. be very clowny. And so it could be tie dye. It could just look oh. really bad. And so the fact that he takes my, my concept, my vision, and he creates it into this beautiful masterpiece. I cannot even begin to tell you. You know what it is? I, I speak Rossi. Yes, you really do. You, do you really Rossi. do. That's what it is. And speak he, like, I got so many DMs of people being like, where can I order that dress? Like, they just like the dress, like, to wear it for the daily thing, not for, like, a gender reveal. So it was the gender reveal. Then we had the baby shower, which, you know, I came in and I literally was showing him, like, 16 different <laughs> dress concepts. And I'm like, can you take this piece from this dress and put this and do this? And he was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so anyways, he made the most gorgeous perfect um, baby shower dress. I felt so just like maternal and beautiful and it was just stunning. Aw, thank and you. And then, um, let's see. And then what was next? Well, Skylar's um, birthday. Oh, and then Skylar's birthday. This one was really funny too because I, um, it was, it was kind I of I thought last- we had a week, but I well, kept pushing I was, the dates. Well, yeah, they, Michael had some stuff come up, but here's the other thing. I had custom ordered a special matching swimsuit at, for me and Sky with like a cover up and and because of covid everything going on it just was not getting here in time and i was freaking out like i put so much time and energy into planning the special party and for me i love anything that's a theme and when something like a theme party like that you don't have your look together it like will ruin the whole day for me right so I call Michael and I'm like, I'm so upset. I don't know what to do. La, la, la. Can you please help me? And so I went to downtown LA the Wednesday before the Saturday when the party was. And I went and sourced all these materials and I found like a bikini that I needed him to manipulate and like all this stuff. And I come to him I'm like, so I have this idea. <laughs> He's just like, oh my God, really? And I was like, can you take this just p- long piece of material and make a skirt out of it and take this bling here and put... And so anyways, we sat there she and... Turned the front, she turned the front of the showroom into a Joanne Fabrics meets Hobby Lobby. <laughs> there was crystals everywhere, brooches here, sequins there. Um, at one point, I even found a bedazzled tampon. Like there was something everywhere. I found, I found bedazzled nipple clamps. You name it, it was there. But how many people actually come to your show with bedazzled nipple clamps? Oh my God. And now I'm like sweating and taking my top off. (laughs) No, but see, this is the thing I love about Michael. He literally is so collaborative and he really wants to make your vision like turn out what it was. And then on top of it, he takes what is your vision and he makes it even better. Like he takes it to the whole next level and he thinks of things that you would never even think of. Like I was just going to do the swimsuit with the skirt and he was like, let's do this one shoulder lala. And I was She's like, a custom, uh, and I was like, oh my God, this is so amazing. And then he made it so like the sleeve detached from the swimsuit. So if I wanted to wear the swimsuit separately, like he's so brilliant and so talented in his designs. And I just love you for putting up with all of my crazy ideas. And always I love your crazy through. ideas. You guys, if I had Gretchen in the showroom a little longer, she would have want a detachable baby harness <laughs> that turns into a bottle warmer. And if, we could make a, and, and if we could maybe attach a panini grill to the side <laughs> where the, where, where the, where the spaghetti strap is yep. that I way in case it. she gets hungry. I oh was my like, God. Hey, Edible and spaghetti strap. and did you guys see how adorable Skylar's little outfit was? It that was, was my goal. It was so cute. So he She's did so Skylar's whole little outfit too. I went and found these little pieces that were so big and he 
custom fit it to her and I bedazzled. I mean, he was amazing. Like I literally, and you know, what's the best part about this story is honestly, I feel like the outfits that he created were so much better than the ones I was getting. So oh, a thousand times. Yeah, a thousand, a thousand times. Oh, well, so. I agree. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. So I want to know, is it true? We're going to get to my question. Is it true that you started designing clothes when you were two years of age? Yeah, I was, I was at least two. I, I remember drawing all over the walls. Wow. And I could really remember them. I, I have such a vivid imagination and, and I, could, I could remember as far back as, you know, the time I was probably even one or two being pushed around in a stroller. And I remember uh, taking crayons from the big box of Crayola and uh, the color that I picked was burnt sienna. And I would always play with that color. I, I know that, that color. color. It's almost like copper looking. It's like a copper color, but it also looks like skin. So I would I would try and draw people with it. Oh, wow. And I draw shapes with it. And then I would always give the shapes and the people hair so that you knew that they were people. And my mom seen that. And um, she would never wash the walls. She wouldn't wipe it off. She wouldn't get mad at me. She wouldn't yell. She'd be like, oh, it's beautiful. (laughs) So, um, That's so sweet. I love to hear that. that Since I was was a kid. So moms, dads, let your kids draw on the walls. I love that. But now they have like washable everything. Yeah, they do. They They really do. But I want to know too, though. I mean, I think it's incredibly impressive that, you know, so you you obviously have a a talent to, to draw and create at a very young age. How is it that you managed to open up your first retail store at age 15? Like who has the business well, to take their creativity and turn it into a and business? And that was down in Palm Springs, right? I opened my first store when I was three years old, shortly after drawing on the walls. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you were 15 so and I that actually, was down in Palm Springs, right? Yes, I was 50. I just like dropped out of school, which I don't recommend for anyone, but I had a passion for fashion. And um, I started interning with Bob Mackey. Mm. Um, who's a legendary fashion designer who created all of Cher's look looks and he's responsible for like the most huge costume designer, right? huge wow. costume designer for Cher, Diana Ross. Um, How did you get connected Carol to Channing. him? Well, um, before we had like social media and Instagram, yeah. we had a newspaper. And I was always into classifieds and looking at things. What can I buy? And I was only like 15 years old looking at all these kind of things. The newspaper was my Instagram. And I saw that um, Dolce Gabbana was um, having a show. And then I saw that Badgley Mishka was doing a trunk show at Saks Fifth Avenue. And it was the same day. It was September 7th, um, 1997, that... um, they were having their show at Saks Fifth Avenue. And then right next to their show um, on Rodeo Drive, Bob Mackie was signing his new book, Bob Mackie. And I chose to go and meet Bob Mackie instead. So I asked my mom and dad, and my dad was like, why does he want to go see this old man? I don't understand. What's wrong with him? You know? (laughs) And my mom was like, that's Cher's designer. You don't understand. We got to take him. So they took me to go and see him. We waited in this long line. And then my dad goes up to Bob Mackie. He goes, I don't, I don't know who you are uh, or what you do, and but you play with dolls and my son plays with dolls. So, so Bob's like, okay, Mr. Costello. Yeah, I think what you're trying to tell me is that your son is gifted Aww. and he appreciates fashion. And why don't you guys come and take a look at uh, my showroom someday? 
And wow. maybe when your son turn, gets older, he could come and uh, work with us. And my dad was like, no, 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 let's do this. Oh, my what do you God. Got? He's like, what do you got going on now? What do you got going on now? <laughs> Seriously? My dad's, yeah, my dad's like from New York. He's he's got like a, he's like a very Al Pacino, Robert De Niro mobster. Oh like you God, can't say it. no. He yeah. basically fucking threatened Bob Mackie to give me a position <laughs> yeah. and come and intern with him. So he's like, hey, you, uh, Bob. Oh. oh my God. <laughs> what are you going to do with my, my kid? So <laughs> Bob was like, bring him over. That's a funny story. Yeah. So, so like, that's really how it happened. Like your father actually I was there that. for, yeah, I was there for about six months and you know, it was a very memorable experience. I mean, I can't say I was designing for Cher right then and then I was, yeah. I can't say I was making stuff for Diana Ross, but I made sketches. I, I cleaned up the showroom. I put the pins where they go. I, I'd watch how the ladies would, you know, hand sew these magical fabrics. I got yeah. to see how the Charleston Barbie was made back then. It was really cool. Yeah. But then, it, you know, it turned out to be something else. Like, hey, Michael, can you get the packages? And then, hey, right. Michael, can you answer the phones? But no, nothing bad to say about it. I mean, ever, like I said, everything happens for a reason. If I didn't do that, I would have never, you know, make something work downtown LA when I was 15. And I started designing pageant dresses with this company called Claire's Collection, who used to dress like, you know, uh, all the women from Dynasty. Oh, and wow. they used to make uh, all the, anytime you would ever watch like um, the Oscars or the Golden Globes um, and the girls from Fox would always wear them. They were a big pageant and red carpet company. And I worked with them up until I was 16. But then I left because I I just wasn't happy there anymore. And we, we, we always, we, we kind of grew up in LA and in Palm Springs. Yeah. So one day we went to Village Fest, which was like a straight fair. Mm-hmm. And my dad saw this available place for rent. And he was like, what can I put there? We could do steak sandwiches. We can do strippers, maybe strippers and steak sandwiches. <laughs> but there's a church behind it. Then he looked at me and he's like, hmm, why don't we open you up a fashion store? Really? In, yeah. And and I was like, um, okay, let's do wow. it. Let's open a fashion store. And our first celebrity client, was Barry Manilow. <gasps> I love and Barry Manilow. We, we have had the opportunity I'm to meet a Barry, Barry and spend I'm some time with Barry. Such a Barry Fanilow. It's crazy. He came up to my place and he's like, this is really wonderful what you're doing. These costumes are amazing. And he got two costumes for his backup dancers. And I thought, I was only 15. I thought he was Rod Stewart. So <laughs> he had a little, he's taller. That's but has funny. a little Rod Stewart going on. Right? So I called my mom on those things that we used to have called a landline. I don't know if you remember those. I called my mom. I was like, mom, Rod Stewart's here. This is so cool. <laughs> so um, he, he was, he was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. So he left it like that until my mom got there. And when she saw it was him, she almost had a panic attack because obviously he's from her time. Yeah. And, um, and uh, from there we got Mary Bono. Um, who came in and, you know, she was just a member of Congress and she basically ran Palm Springs after, uh-huh. you know, Sonny died and, and she referred, uh, Suzanne Summers and Suzanne uh, Summers which is came best up friend there. Barry Manilow. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, um, from Suzanne Summers came Brooke Shields wow. and, uh, just like all the Hollywood, you know, people who would vacation in Palm Springs would come up and they, and, and word got out to the desert sun word got out to like the chamber of commerce word got out to everyone in Palm Springs, even the mayor 
um, they were just so impressed to hear that there's this 15 year old kid making dresses for the local celebrities who's opened a store and on the cover of the Desert Sun uh, newspaper. So it started, you know, super early and really fast. Like it it went, it went really, really fast. And I'll, I'll never forget. That's how I, that's how I met Tony Braxton. When I turned 16 years old, she came right up to my place and I had a beautiful piano upstairs. And, um, she came in with her sister Tamar and, um, their mom and her, her, her then husband, who she's, who she's not with anymore. And they were looking around at dresses and, uh, she said, she was telling me she has a video coming out called Spanish guitar. And she'd like for me to, um, create something for her for that video. And I didn't know at first that it was her. She was wearing a hoodie, a little hat, and she saw my piano and she sat down and she started playing the piano and she was singing uh she was singing a song from one of her early albums and i was like oh oh my god my god wow it was just it was just amazing and we had florence henderson come in and um a lot of great people came the one person i'll never ever forget who came into our palm springs boutique was faith dunaway yeah wow when she when she walked in i was like in shock. And I said, okay, I just got to tell you, look around the store. You will not find any wire hangers. In the store. Oh my God. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, that's cute and catchy, <laughs> but I've heard that one before. I was like, oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I mean, that's, that's, you know, here's the thing that I think is so cool. The fact that even at such a young age and Kudos to your mom and dad for a their support. I love that part of the story. B, subconsciously, what's amazing about this is that you know even though you you go work for Mackie and you spend time over there, I think subconsciously look at the experience you got just in the business of fashion, mm-hmm. right? I mean, because a lot of people yeah. think, oh, I'm a fashion designer. I want to create. I want to draw. I want to. I want to sew and learn all these, these these technical aspects of really building and constructing a dress and how does the fabric drape and there's so much that goes into it, but doesn't matter how talented you are. You have to have some expertise in business, right? You can't just you do you have to on your talent. I think the me back then when I was 15, all the way up until I was about maybe 25, was just so involved in the creative process and um, teaching myself new things and learning how to sew and learning how to make my own patterns because I never went to fashion school. Yeah. It was just something that my mom taught me at a very young age, she told me that you can take a t-shirt, fold it in half and put it over the fabric, trace it out with chalk and cut it out and then hand sew it. And you have a t-shirt. And if you want to make it a dress, just make it long and put a little belt on it. And now it's a dress. She's like, if you don't like the sleeves, take them off. If you don't like the neckline of the t-shirt, cut it down the middle. So that's how her mom taught her. So she taught me all of that. She, she can't make the things that I make now, but like when yeah. she comes here and she sees what I make, her mind is blown away. She's like, how did you do this? How did you yeah. do this? But you have to love it. You have to have a passion for um, fashion and for creativity. And, it, and there's so many companies out there right now, you know, they, they do these, um, these uh, Insta boutiques and, um, internet, uh, I could go and buy stuff wholesale and then change it or add a brooch or put a belt on it or hire a seamstress to add some sparkles to it, you know, and then they make themselves instant fashion designers and they, they make money off of it really quick. There's 
There's a lot of those. But, um, you know, there's real designers out there who, who, who it runs in their blood. It runs through their veins. They eat, drink, breathe, sleep, fashion. And I'm one of those. But throughout the business, I've learned that I have to wear multiple hats and have to learn other parts of the business in order to succeed. And I have to kind of like be my own publicist and make different voices and make different emails and be like, oh, Mr. Costello will only see you at this time. He's not available. (laughs) And they're like, well, what's your name? My name. And I sometimes I'd have to be a girl. And I'd be like, my name is Charlize. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. it. I get it. It's like, you just have to, you have to like, Gosh, man, isn't that the truth? You just have to like, you have to hustle and you have to just figure it out. And especially being so young. Um, so I have a question for you. When, when was that moment where you felt like you made it? Like, do you remember that moment? Yeah. I think when I done Project Runway was definitely that moment. Let me tell you why. Because when I auditioned for Project Runway, I was 27 years old and, um, the guest judges, uh, that you'd have to meet were, um, Tim Gunn. Nick Varios and Zoe Glasner from, I think it was Glamour Magazine. So Nick, so Nick was they, part of it way back then. Yeah, he was part. Of, I think he was on season two. Great guy. I love Nick. He's yeah. He and I stood friends. We remained friends. And he um, he was like, Michael, come try out for the show. You're really good. You have what it takes. So it's because of Nick that I went to go and try out for the show. But um, I stood up. I stood up like three days and I put in my book, in my portfolio, I put stuff of every housewife that I've ever worked with, <laughs> every celebrity that I've ever worked with. Because this was in 2010 when I went to go do Project Runway. And uh, the audition was um, June 2nd. And I, I stood up making this book. And I went to Walmart and I bought cheap fabric for a dollar a yard for fabric. Um, and I made three samples that night so I could take with me for the, um, for the interview. And I told him my whole entire story. I said, you guys, I've dressed every person I could think of because I was already friends with Paris Hilton. I was friends with Misha Barton. I was friends with Nicole Richie. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our parents, my dad was, um, you know, friends with, um, Paris's, um, uh, mom and dad from a very long, long time ago. My grandmother was yeah, friends with Shaja Gabor and it, there's, there's a whole like thing that a lot of people don't really know too much about. Yeah. So our families kind of knew each other and I was always friends with the girls from a very long age and they always supported me and wore my dresses. So I've dressed them all, but I've got nowhere. Yeah. So when I went to audition for Project Runway, Tim Gunn asked me, he was like, Michael, why Project Runway? You've dressed a lot of people. Celine Dion's in your book. Selma Hayek's in your book. Paris Hilton's in your book. Why do you, why Project Runway? I said, because I need to be known on a global platform. I want to use your show and I want to be in everybody's, um, you know, living room Thursday nights at 9 PM on lifetime so that people could see my work. And, and I believe that your show is going to take me there and give me the platform that I need. And he was like, I like your response. You're in. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So we're really impressed. So that was, okay, so that was 10 years ago, right? Yeah, like close yeah. to this 10 years ju- ago this, ju- this July, um, this July was our uh, Project Runway season, a 10-year um, special, like, um, not reunion, but anniversary. Yeah, wow. Anniversary. Wow, congratulations. Wow. Um, yeah. And so, so, so when you, when, when you say that that was the moment, like, was it the moment when he said you're on or was it the moment of being like, 
on the show and that whole process? It still didn't hit me because um, at, uh, HP was one of their sponsors, their computer company. Uh-huh. And it didn't hit me until I got the HP Touch Bar notebook in the mail. When that came in the mail, I was like, okay, it's official because it came with this really cool welcome letter from Heidi Klum, Tim Gunn, Michael Kors, Nina Garcia. And it was like, welcome, Michael Costello. You've been selected to be one of the cast members from season eight. Uh, When opening this, please contact uh, Janelle Rondaza and Woody Woodbeck uh, regarding the, what you need to do. And then we filmed um, like the thing. And that's, that's kind of like when it hit me. And uh, when I was on the show, every single day, I would just pray to God to just make it as far as I can make it on the show. Yeah. And I would tell myself, this is going to be good because people will see you. They'll recognize your brand. They'll want to make dresses. I never knew that I was going to make it as a, you know, a semifinalist. Yeah. And I never knew that I was going to keep winning challenges. And I never knew what reality television was going to do to my, to my life. I mean, people still recognize me 10 years later, um, you know. Yeah. It's crazy. Like you guys know, because you're reality TV, people yeah. come up to you and some of them don't call me Michael Costello because there was another Michael on my season. So they call me Michael C. Yeah. And when I turn around, sometimes I don't want to turn around because I'm like, it's a project when we fan. It's a project when we fan. It's a project when we fan. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, right before we started recording this, he was walking on the streets and a girl was like, can I take a picture with you? So like, we're here to verify that still happens all the time. It's so yeah. cute. I love yeah. that about you. Um, so, Michael, as we've mentioned, you've dressed a ton of celebrities, everyone from Celine Dion to Jennifer Lopez, Tony Braxton, Lady Gaga, Beyonce, and more. But do you have a favorite dress or red carpet moment out of all of I it? do. I do. I, I, I love this question because people are like, wait, what? Really? Yeah. Um, so in 2013, at the American Music Awards, Kesha um, came out in a new, softer, glamorous, you know, they used to label her style as super trashy. But um, she came out and she did this really beautiful cotton candy colored hair. One side was like a mint and one side was like an icy pink, Mm. almost like your dress. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like my gender reveal. It was super soft and her face was glamorous and her makeup was beautiful. And she wore my uh, dress. It was a one shoulder dress and I called it the Barcelona dress. It had this huge black slit on the side and it was one shoulder with like a peplum and uh joan rivers said she was best dressed do you remember when joan rivers had a fashion police and it was juliana rancic yeah so uh joan rivers loved me and i had the opportunity to meet joan um i was supposed to be a guest on fashion police and i went and i met everyone i met juliana i met um i met joan and everything but uh we had uh, an emergency with Joan and she was rushed to the hospital mm-hmm. and we had to prolong everything, but we still filmed a little bit. We still filmed a little episode yeah. and Joan loved my look. She was like, uh, I used to call her Trasha, but now I know her by Kesha. And she looks beautiful in this Michael Costello dress. So that was my favorite red carpet moment. Um, there's been a lot. There's been a yeah. lot. I mean, people get mad at me when I don't say Beyonce was. Yeah, I was gonna say. I feel like that was. I feel like that was like the most recognizable one. Obviously. Yes, that was the that was my biggest moment in history. Yeah, and my biggest my biggest red carpet moment. And you know what? Yeah, fuck it. It was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's well, okay. But, you can have a couple favorites. That's well, okay. How does yeah. that compare to like dressing Cardi B for Paris Fashion Week? So. 
that was crazy. That broke the internet. It was yeah. insane. Yeah. I felt like Kim Kardashian's ass. I, I, felt, <laughs> I felt cool. Because so for cool all of you that, that don't hit. remember, Michael made headlines for designing a matching hat and dress for Cardi B's debut at Paris Fashion Week. So if you, and if you don't remember. she was kind enough to add me in the post Aww. and mention me in the caption. That's She's awesome. She's always been a fan. And can I tell you guys, Cardi B came to three of my Fashion Week shows, Aww. sat front row with her stylist, Colin. This is before her massive blow up. Wow. Um, she's always been a supporter. And I remember my first show that she came to, she had on this big oversized yellow fashion fur thing and people were taking pictures with me and she waited in line because Chris Brown and I look, I'm like fucking name dropping, name dropping like crazy. <laughs> um, but Chris Brown and Karuchi came to my show and I was so excited and I'm obsessed with Chris Brown. So I was taking like pictures with him. He's like, good collection, bro. She loved it. I love this. And Cardi B was like, let me get it, let me get in with y'all, let me get in with y'all. Oh, I and love I was it. Like, who is this? Who is this? <laughs> She's fabulous, but can she wait a minute? But, <laughs> You're yeah, like, let me have my moment funny. with Chris. So I, I wanted to know. So last year, was it last year at the Grammys that that Cardi B danced on top of the blinged out uh, baby grand uh, the grand piano? Do you remember that? Yes, I remember that. Did you have anything to do with that outfit? No, I'm trying to think who made that one. It might have been a very good friend of mine. Um, his name is Brian Hearns. He might have done it. If it wasn't Brian Hearns, then it was another girl named Destiny Blue who makes these really beautiful crystal leggings. Yeah. It could have been one of them too. My car, my best Cardi moment that everyone loved was this tropical like flowy dress with her leg all out with these long sleeves. Um, when, when she wore that dress, it was her biggest to date fashion moment. Mm. And it's crazy that, 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 that's what happened. And her stylist, Colin Carter loved the look and we made this hat and people knocked off that look so much. Oh, but, but you know what? I didn't care. It's, yeah. it's, it's part of like, it's part, it's now part of a, an iconic history. It's in a museum somewhere. Wow. Okay. So we got to make you spill the beans a little, Michael. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. He loves to spill the So are you allowed to talk about who's your favorite celebrity you've ever worked with? And I don't count. And well, um, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go right, right into that. I'm going to say, because people usually ask me who's the most difficult person yeah. to work That's with. That's what I was going to ask and you I, too, but I don't know if you're allowed to talk. And about I, well, I, I'm going to, because I don't think the celebrity is difficult. What I think is difficult is the task and the time at hand. Some, some celebs will only give you one or two days for the project. Yeah. And that's happened with a lot of them. Others will give you, you know, a week and, and that, and that's wonderful, but you have to be prepared because in that week, if you didn't deliver or give them what they want, yeah. they have the capability to just pick up the phone and go to Versace, go to Bon, yeah. bon go yeah. to Gucci. And that's stressful. And does, that with them is Michael? does that come from the celebrity or does that come from, comes from both. people? It comes from the stylist and the celebrity. Yeah. But you got to remember the celebrity already has that existing relationship with those major designers. Yeah. And I feel so humble when they reach out to me personally and they're like, oh, Michael, can you do it? And they always come to me because they know I can knock it out next yeah. day or two days. Yeah. But I will tell you that my favorite person that I loved working with, and a lot of people say it's kind of shocking to hear that is, is, is Mariah Carey. Oh, wow. So yeah, I, I recently became the fashion director for Mariah Carey. 
And um, really, yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. So I'm Mariah Carey's fashion director, and that's really cool. Yeah, that's, that's so a cool. title I'd, I'd never thought I've had. And we did uh, we did the residency just now in Las Vegas. It was um, uh, I think it was 28 days, and we had a beautiful show. And I created all the original looks for her to wear for the whole entire show. And wow. um, just being an, on the member of the team and taking flights with her and hearing what she wants. And, and she was singing 80 songs and uh, on the airplane and, and she's just such a wonderful mother to her kids. And um, she's such a, a cool person and she gives each person their time. Like if she's getting her hair and makeup done and it's fashion time, she tells, you know, glam, okay, glam, let's take a break for a few minutes. This is Michael's time. We have to oh, wow. dress now. Like even you when know, it comes to lighting, so you know what I love about the celebrity. I was just going to say, you know what I love about the story is that just debunks so much crap that's out in the media because there's been so many articles about that woman, about what a diva she is, how demanding she is, how this, how that. And it just makes me so sad to think that someone that is that kind and generous and, and takes you know, the efforts to say, this is this person's time or this is that or whatever, and really acknowledge each person and give each person their time. I think that's really cool because I don't think that that's the side of the business that you don't hear because it's much more salacious for the media news to print crap. Yeah. You know? And and you know what, guys, I think she's finally in a place and has the right team and the right people working with her. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard. I think she's been through a lot with the different people working in her team where, yeah. you know, the, the, some, some may say they took advantage and I, and I agree with that. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was always terrified because I did make her dresses before and the other experiences weren't that wonderful. Let okay. me tell you why it was because of the team See, that, that was working with her. Yeah. They would say certain things and I feel like they would speak for her. Yeah. And when I worked with her, we worked extremely close every single day. Um, you guys, after the show, no joke, I would take her slippers off and give her a foot massage. Oh, wow. And, and I, and I'd be like, oh my God, I'm rubbing Mariah Carey's feet. This is incredible. <laughs> what am I doing? Wow. Why am I here? Yeah. I question myself every day. Every day I woke up and I looked forward to working with, like I had my own staff there wow. in a dressing room um, that they were there to work with me. The team was fantastic. But that's the thing. When you have a great team behind you, yeah. I feel like you can be at peace to speak what's on your mind deliver an amazing performance and be who you were when you first started, because this woman has so much experience. I mean, walking in a casino with her just to go and eat at Mr. Chow was the most amazing experience I've ever seen. It's like, it's like the slot machines parted the ways for her to go. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Everyone's like, Oh oh my gosh, it's Mariah Carey. But see, this is, this is a perfect segue into kind of what we wanted to touch upon. But wait, I got, he's got to tell us the the what? negative person. Was there one negative person you're allowed to talk about? Let me think. Negative me experience, think. not negative negatives. person. Sound bad. This is the juicy part I'm of really this trying, I'm really trying to think who it could it be. Let me think. 
Yeah, there, there's one. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you feel like, I feel like he's scrolling but through I his just, phone right now? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, just, I'm phone. thinking like, I'm trying, my phone, my phone's here. <laughs> I'm trying to think how to tell you who it is because it, what I don't, I'm 99% positive it wasn't her. Yeah. But I had to fly to New York, yeah. bring samples, go to an SNL set. Yeah. And then I wasn't allowed to be on the SNL set. Mm. It was closed, but yet her whole 18 entourage of just makeup and glam was allowed to do whatever they want with no credentials, no Mm. IDs. And I was just pissed because I paid for my own flight. But I will tell you, they had budget for wardrobe. So wardrobe and everything was taken care of. And they could only commit to a fitting in New York if I bought my flight. So I said, okay is there room for you guys to at least get me a hotel? Yeah. So they got the hotel, but then the original date for the fitting got pushed because she was in rehearsals for SNL and all of that. And I will say she's extremely popular right now. Um, She's definitely no size two. And uh, she's super confident, very comfortable in her body. Everyone loves her music. I'm, a huge fan, love her so much, and know every single one of her songs. Um, Are we allowed to guess? Her stylist. Are we allowed to? Yeah, guess? you can guess, but I'm not going to say who it is. Adele. No, no, she's oh. the sweetest no. thing on the planet. I know exactly. No. Uh, well, the, the, name name it then. Guess somebody. No, I know exactly. Who I'm not is. saying it would be Adele. Like I think it's me. I'm just saying I'm guessing. She might have been Britney Spears' nemesis. I don't know. How about an initial? You mean Christina Aguilera? You were thinking? No. No. No, she's not a size two. She's not a size four. She's definitely not a size 12. I'm trying to think. Oh, really? oh, uh, wouldn't be Kelly Clarkson. Not, nope, not Queen Latifah. No, I oh. love Queen Latifah. She's a very good friend of mine. No. Queen Latifah is? Yeah. Oh, um, I don't know. What's the initial? <laughs> Look at the eyes. Yeah. Maybe we should have everybody uh, DM us with their guess. Oh, that's a good one. Mm. Look at he's Look not at, he's, he's not, he's he trouble. wants to tell us. Yeah, I know he does. He's gonna call us off. I want to tell you, but she has she has she's gotten so much controversy for being very naked. And um Kim Kardashian. She's stuff, she's stuff, no, no, no. This was somebody who was on <laughs> SNL. Very naked. She's a singer. She's a singer. She was on SNL. It wasn't her who was the problem. It was her stylist be- using his voice to speak up for her. Yeah. And and made it an issue. It wasn't she's, Miley Cyrus. Uh, no, she's, no she's, she's she's a gorgeous black woman with long black hair, lots of curves, and we're gonna leave it at that. She has a lot of fun later after the fact. But you know what? I appreciate the fact that you recognize that it was probably the stylist because I gotta say there is a lot of, of people that I hear these stories like they have these people as their team, the people kind of like fronting oh, yeah. for them, and they're always the problems because then you meet the celebrity, you're like they're like the nicest people ever. And so. then this. I will tell you this stylist also worked with Nicki Minaj Mm -hmm. and I was on set for 17 hours on a union set and and all of that. And, and um, Nicki didn't even know I was there. And the only looks that she wanted to wear were the looks that I brought and, and the stylist would not let me meet her. And I was shocked. I'm like, 
What am I going to do? You think I'm going to ask for a selfie? She's warned me eight, well, eight or nine times. Yeah. Or? But you know what that's about? That's was about so the thought shocked. that she would come to you directly because the stylist didn't do a good job pulling and that that person would lose their job and you deal with so that. Guess what happened? Guess what happened? Only seven months ago, um, Nikki was being honored at the VH1 um, uh, women, women's VH1 luncheon honor awards. And she was the guest of honor and she called me personally. She got my number from our mutual friend, Mila, who's a makeup artist. And she called me, she said, hi, Michael. I know this is very random, but I'm here with Mila. And the my stylist who brought dresses here, I don't like anything. They don't understand my body like you do. I know it's last minute. I have three hours before this event. I'll send a car for you. She sent a limousine for me. Um, she even called, she even called Shishi, like my people. And she found out what I like to eat, like all that kind of stuff above and beyond. Wow. Wow. And I've had a couple moments with Nikki before, but never one like this. And Gretchen, you asked me earlier, when was that moment when you really feel like you made it? And yeah. now I remember what it was. Yeah. It was when I was alone with Nikki Minaj in her bathroom, just talking and trying on this dress. It hit me so hard. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. This is my life. Yeah. Right. This is my I'm Nicki Minaj is naked in front of me. <laughs> it's just me in the bathroom. And I had to tell her, I said, when am I ever gonna have this moment again? I have to tell her what happened on the set of that 18 hour music video. Yeah. I have to tell her that I was there. So I told her, I said, I gotta tell you something. Your stylist was a motherfucker. Oh, I love to hear that though. See, like and she was like, that's why I fired his ass. Yeah. That's why we're not working together no more. Because everybody told me he'd be running his mouth and saying shit. I can't him do that so well. Yep. That's funny. That I love that story. Okay, Michael. So I got to address something with you that recently came up on your social media. Um, so you launched... My naked pics were leaked. What? The naked pics. Oh yeah, the, the naked, naked pics. That's a whole other um, show, Michael. So, Michael, you just recently launched a beautiful swimwear collection with Revolve, which congratulations! Yeah, so amazing, exciting. So, um, he has this incredible, you know, line already with Revolve, super successful. And you know, this is the hard part about social media. Sometimes you make yourself vulnerable. You post something, something you've been working so hard on, you're so excited about. And I've seen you struggle a lot with your social media, you know, being pissed off at people for just not supporting or not being there. Like, it's just, it's interesting to see like what happens with that. I think it's even not about support. I think it's about people just being Well, people being assholes, but meaning, but meaning, you know, he's just been very um, outspoken with some of the things that he sees happen on social media, which I commend you for doing that. But recently you posted a video on Instagram um, about body shaming and how people said you lacked using real quote unquote women as models after you posted the launch of this beautiful swimwear line. Um, and I loved your video and I loved how you just called people out on this. I mean, it was so amazing because I think that people have this misconception of body shaming and they think that, you know, if you are talking about a, a, a woman that's a little curvier, then that's body shaming. But you you can do the exact same thing to a woman that's skinny. That's considered yeah. body shaming too. So talk to me yeah. a little bit about that. Well, the thing is, like, it's it's a super touchy subject with so many people and people who listen and people who comment and you know the people who are always behind their phones. 
Um, it, it, you know, you never know what happens, but what these people don't really understand is when you're a brand or a face of a brand, or you have a launch, um, people use social media to promote what they're doing. And when you're somebody who's known, you, you, you want to promote and you want to be positive. You want to be happy on something that you work so hard on. People don't understand that their negative comments can really tarnish and destroy a launch. Yeah. And they could ruin something just by leaving those negative comments that somebody's worked so hard on. Yeah. And I just don't think it's fair to hide behind your phone yeah. and say these things without knowing what's gone into a project or without doing your research. Most of the people never have time to do their research. They're quick to comment, but not quick to you know do their research. And other people see that stuff and they just go with it. Yeah. And I think that's a problem that we have when one pe- when one person says, oh, well, he doesn't use these kind of models. Oh, well, he only uses these kind of models. People see that and it gets stuck and it resonates with them and it spreads. Yeah, it, and it spreads it has, like wildfire. It like it, it like ignites, it ignites the next person to be like, yeah, I agree. I agree. And they go down this whole long list. And let's just be clear, you guys. Michael Costello has built a massive empire by making women of all shapes and sizes feel beautiful in an industry that has not been so welcoming. So that this guy has been one of the first and foremost, you know, front runners of that, yep. of dressing women literally of all sizes and making them look yep. so incredibly beautiful. But this is a global issue. And part of the reason too, Michael, that this, you know, our desire to talk to you, we actually had a fan of our show that listens to us in the UK write in about the fact that she was dealing with body shaming. She was unhappy about the way she looked and about her weight and all these things that were happening to her. And then literally the following day, you went through this controversy on social media. Yeah. And I, I was like, wow, it's ridiculous that- I mean, it's too age, much. To with it. It, it, it really is. And, and it, it affected me because, yeah. you know, I, it's, it's, I'm not saying it just started. We all know this has been going on for years. Yeah. But social media took it to a whole new level. Yeah. Like this used to happen before social media too. And, um, but now, you know, more people see it. And what some, some women and, you know, men do it too, but some, it's, it's mainly, it's mainly the girls who, you know, who are doing the, the body shaming. I don't really think it's mainly the guys, but, um, yeah. what I, what I would say is a lot of the women don't realize what's happening to that person in the photo. Yeah. They just see them as a product or a non-real person. Yep. But who are we to judge that that woman is not a real person? Yeah. And just by saying, oh, why don't you use real women? Well, what is your definition of a real woman? Is it a woman who's significantly uh, significantly overweight and only stays at home in the kitchen and cooks right. and has eight children right. and you know she doesn't have a job, she's a stay-at-home mom? Or is your definition of a of a real woman who's only, you know, five foot one and weighs 175 and doesn't have children, but takes care of her husband at home. Like you cannot yeah. say, why don't you use a real woman? Because I strongly believe all women are real women. If you have, right. if you have a soul, you have a heart, you have a mind, you have a body, you have a brain, you have eyes, you have nose, you have breasts, you have a body parts, um, you know, then that right. makes you a real woman. Right. You cannot look at a model and just because she was born a certain way and she has 
beautiful high cheekbones right. uh, and she has long glamorous hair. She didn't choose to look the way she did. It's in her DNA and this is just her profession. Mm -hmm. You don't see her going around, you know, bashing people that just work at a CVS or a Rite Aid or a right. Walgreens. And then go or, be a real woman. You know, yeah. And go be a real woman. Yeah. To me, we celebrate women of all walks of life. Amen. People always ask me, where does your inspiration come from? And it's always the same. All women really inspire me. But no, I'm not going to say like, oh, yeah, I get inspired when I see a woman who's, you know, just not doing anything. And she's just there, like trolling behind her computer and leaving ugly comments. That woman's probably not going to inspire me. Right. But when I see a woman on the beach or even at the grocery store, she doesn't have to look like a supermodel. As a designer and as an artist, sometimes I look at their clothes and I'm like, mm, I wonder what I could make with that top. Ooh, what if we tied it like this? It doesn't matter what she looks like. Yep. I always get inspiration from everybody. Yeah. And it makes me sad that you had to, you know, take away from this beautiful launch and have to go defend, know. you know, this, know. this model slash a woman that was your friend knowing. She's and the thing, yeah. and the, the thing that I loved about it was you were like, look, you guys, this is my friend. Like she is a real person. She has real feelings. So for you to sit there and like bash her because of her shape and because of who she is and because of her career, like it was, it was a really eye opening moment. I feel like for a lot of people out there that were just like, Oh wow, you know, this is a real woman. It doesn't matter. It's like they literally just it yep. was so mean and cruel and that's the point behind, you know, this accessibility that people now have to all of us through social media. Yeah, and, and I think it's too much of an accessibility and I think people are being too free will to say what they want and not yeah. understanding their actions yep. or or the consequences yep. that they cause to um, the model, the photographer, the hairstylist, the makeup artist, the consumer, yeah. um, number one, when they see these kind of comments, they always say, well, I'll probably never look like her. But what they don't understand is it's not just that we book that model because not only is she a gorgeous black woman, but we would have got bashed if she was a gorgeous white woman. I as know. Well. I know. So I'm always damned if I do, because if I used a white girl, the next thing would have been like, why didn't she use a gorgeous black girl? I know. But they forget to look at my page and see that we're such a diverse brand. Yep. And like I said, we celebrate everybody. You're going to find girls from size 18 to 24 to a double zero, right. black, white, Puerto Rican, Asian, Cuban. I love all women. When we do our fashion shows, it was always noted in Vogue, Bazaar, Marie Claire, Glamour, everybody that's the most diverse show that they've ever seen on the runway. Yep. Even when you look back at other designers, it was kind of taboo to yep. have more than one black woman in a show when I had 10. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But that's what I love so. to you. Kudos to you for that. I love, Thank and you. I love that you stand up for what you believe in and you don't give a damn what people say. I love that about you. I do it. And I'm not afraid to touch topic on it. And like when I have a gorgeous black girl, I know instantly what I want to put her in. I want to put her into tangerine because it's going to pop on her skin tone. Mm -hmm. I want to put her in something white because it's going to be jaw dropping. Mm -hmm. I, 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 it's, it, it's, 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 you know, I don't look at them as just art pieces, right. but women of all shades, all colors are really, really celebrated here. Yeah. And I try to encourage other women to uplift each other. It's so important in an industry, in the world to support each other and be there for each other and uplift each other instead of bash each other with hateful comments. I mean, you got to look at, you know, all right, let's example, let's say there's a woman who is in her 
um, late 50s. She's not a model. She has a few children, but she's starting up a business. And then her business starts doing really well online. She has a popular e-com. She's selling products like crazy. Are we going to bash her products and say, oh, I got this and I didn't like it. It was stupid. No, this is a woman who's in her 50s who's trying to rebrand all over again mm-hmm. and, and, and trying to start something beautiful. We need to We need to spread more positivity and encourage people to, to do things that they want to do or that they've been wanting to do their whole entire lives instead of bringing them down with negativity. I yeah, agree see, and I, I have to tell you how much I love the culture of your organization, of your company. I mean, every time we're there, everyone is so uplifting and supportive from the support staff to, you know, the seamstresses, Seamstress, yeah. like everyone that's everyone there. So sweet. And, I, and I feel like because of the culture you've created just in who you are as a person, that this is why this next thing happened. So at the onset of the coronavirus pandemic, you captured the world as one of the first designers to design and provide masks to aid essential workers. So, I mean, the question is, is how did it feel to give back in such a meaningful way? You know, we know you so personally because I, I, I see this about you constantly. As long as we've known you, you've always done this. But, you know, is... I guess what motivates you to constant, constantly give back the way that you do, even though you take so much heat on social? I really feel like it was... Um the upbringing from my mom and dad. My dad also used to work in a, he 